Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow, together with other mothers, when autumn comes. I wish I could tell you this is such a fun episode of When Autumn Comes. It's not. It is super heavy. It is super raw. It is super candid. There is crying. There's some dogs barking. It really is anything but fun. Today we have Janice back. I believe she was on episode four-ish, four or five, somewhere around there. She was one of the first moms we interviewed and she is mom to Juliet. Jules is Lorelai and Benji's Mito sister. She passed away about mm, not quite a year, a little less than a year before Lorelai did. Yeah, a little less. I think it was like eight months. Juliet passed away at 16 years old. She was forever a beacon of hope for us. She continues to be a beacon of hope for us. And her mom, I am so, so, so grateful for. So today, Janice and I, two bereaved moms, are here and we're opening up about where we are in our grief journey. If this is not for you, if this could be triggering for you, please, please skip this episode. If it is not the right time, you can always come back. It's okay. This can be heavy and triggering and I don't want that for you if you don't want that for you. But if you want to learn more about what we're going through as we grieve the loss of our children, stick around. Without further ado, welcome to Two Moms Talk Grief. Hello, friend. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Let's put on our fine faces. (laughs) Today we have Janice here. Um, She is a repeat frequent flyer when autumn comes. And um, Janice is, she is one of the first, I think you were the first Mito mom friend I had because our kids had the same FBXL4 disease. I mean, I probably saw other people on the internet before you, but I really think like you were my first Mito mom friend and you have snark and sarcasm and a love for reality TV shows like me. So in wine. So we just hit it off immediately. We connected immediately. I agree. Yeah. And our girls are like sisters. So they were so similar. Yes. I have this feeling that they're both like hanging out with us right now. Like Jules is probably sitting on your side and Laura. Well, can you see Lorelai here? And yes, they're probably just, yep. Yep. (laughs) 
They're just hanging out going, mamas are hanging out, so we should hang out. Today, we are going to talk about grief and grieving moms and how we're doing. Kind of what's worked for us with grief, what hasn't worked for us, and just kind of be support for each other, but also support for other moms who may be grieving who are listening to this. So let's, let's do this. Let's, let's just really start though with like, um, I asked another grieving mom recently, how are you? She had lost her daughter within a month or so of that message and she didn't type back right away. And then I was like, but really like, how are you really have the heart palpitations stopped? Have you like been able to sleep? Like, how are you really? And then she messaged back and she's like, you actually get this, don't you? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do. But yeah. So Janice, how are you really? Mm. Well, um, I'm almost two years into this grief process. And I can't I believe it's two years. I, I just. Almost. And um, I wish I could say that it's easier. I think that you grow more accustomed to the anxiety, the heart palpitations, the loss, the crying, the things that hit you unexpectedly when you weren't expecting to break down. Mm -hmm. It just is part of your wheelhouse now, but it still stinks. Yeah. It's like it doesn't get easier, but it does get easier. I think you just grow more accustomed to you it. You just grow more accustomed to feeling shitty, right? Like- yes. And I think that the same <laughs> is true about being a metal, medical mom. Like, yes. It wasn't yep. anything you could have ever prepared for, mm-hmm. just like grief, the grief of losing your child. But you grow accustomed to it. Yeah. That's a really fair point. I look at where I'm at with Benji now. And I remember when Lorelai was here and I thought it was so hard. And this doesn't feel hard because I know what's to come and I know what I've been through with her. And that was a thousand times harder and grief is awful. Like medical mom stuff is hard. This is just awful. And there were hard and awful days while our kids were here. Plenty of them. I always feel guilty thinking how badly I would take those days now, but I know having those days back would mean that she would be in pain. So I always feel guilty thinking, gosh, I just wish we could have another ICU stay together, which sounds so weird to be like, I wish I could go to the ICU with my daughter, but I would give anything to go to the ICU with my daughter right now. I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. As difficult as it is during those years of being a medically fragile mom, I would do it all over again in a minute. I do think that there are supports out there for those that are grieving that actually do help. For me, one of the most challenging parts was never knowing other people who lost a child. Mm -hmm. And so to connect with the group of moms who have also lost a child has been life-saving because they get it at a level that no one possibly could and you could be yourself. It's a safe space. You know, if you are really feeling down to reach out to them is life-saving. Do you feel like people who haven't lost a child 
Do you feel like you don't fit in sometimes anymore? <laughs> yes. I think that what makes it hard for me also is that I don't have any other children. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all just awkward. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be that weird person, right? Like I try and bring Juliet up all the time to my friends that haven't lost a child. And sometimes it feels a little awkward mm-hmm. that I'm bringing her up. I'll never stop bringing her up, even though it feels awkward. But I don't feel that way with the moms I know who have lost a child. I agree. I feel like it feels awkward because they don't know what to think, the other people who haven't. I feel like sometimes when I bring Lorelai up to people who haven't lost, even moms who are medical moms, um, I feel like sometimes they're like, okay, is she about to have a breakdown? Do we embrace this? Do we talk about good memories? Do we talk about sadness? Like, where's this going to go? And instead of just being in the moment with me, I think it gets awkward because they just don't know. It's like they don't know what to do with their hands. And... (laughs) Literally, the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning is Lorelai. And every night I go to bed thinking, please visit me in my dreams tonight. Please visit me in my dreams tonight. She doesn't that She doesn't. Which is so annoying. I dream about my eighth grade friends. And, you know, why am I dreaming about eighth graders um, (laughs) when she visit me? It makes no sense. I beg every night. For her to come visit me. And I have had one dream with her since she, and I was like on the verge, it was, it was the two month mark. I was on the verge of an absolute, absolute breakdown. Like, I mean, I was not on the verge. I was in an absolute breakdown and I went to bed like hysterical. And that night she visited me and it was like one of those dreams that felt so, so real. And I was like, and Ever since, I've been like, okay, let's just – I don't care. It doesn't even have to be a new dream. It could be the same exact one. Let's just do that again. I go as far as to, at night, watch like three videos, four videos, scroll through a bunch of pictures until I get to that point where I'm almost asleep because I think to myself, all right, because it's in my head right now, she's in my head right now, she's going to come in my dreams. And maybe she does, and I just don't remember it because it's early in the night. Yeah. Um, my husband, Mike, and I, we play a game of, you know, if he has a dream about Jules, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to hear what the dream was, but I'm also a little sad that he got to have her mm-hmm. and I didn't. Mike, my, so both of, for anybody <laughs> listening, both of our husband's names are Mike. My Mike said to me this morning, I had a dream last night and I was like, and he didn't say anything. And I was like, about Lorelai? He goes, no, that the London broil was expired. (laughs) (laughs) Then why are you telling me that it's a pointless dream? And those are more of the types of dreams that I have. I mean, I have a few of Jules and they have been glorious, Mm -hmm. but not enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We are actually recording this on bereaved Mother's Day. I didn't know there were two Mother's Days. Yes. I didn't know that the first Sunday of the month. Yeah, Bereaved Mother's Day. And it's one of those things like when I sent you the text this morning, happy Bereaved Mother's Day. Like, is that something you say? Do you say happy Bereaved Mother's Day? 
You say morning. Good morning. Get it? Morning. Aha. Good morning. <laughs> it's Bereaved Mother's Day. I don't know. Uh, I thought about doing an Instagram post, but I wasn't really sure if I should say happy or not. Susan, I went through the same thing this morning because I, I have met so many mothers mm-hmm. and I want to acknowledge them. But it is, again, this awkward, like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you pose it so that I mean, I guess the bottom line is today of all days, people should know to be gentle with. Yep. And Mother's Day, obviously. Mother's Day is just the worst. The worst. Yeah. Uh, Mother's Day was bad for me when I was, quote unquote, just a medical mom. Was it bad for you? No, not really. I always just felt like the back to school pictures and all these other things. I always kind of felt like. This is what everybody else gets. This is what everybody else is doing. And my my kid can't do anything for me or with me. Um, so I always felt a little not upset about it. Actually, I just wished my husband did more because my kids couldn't. So shout out to all the men who help kids with the Mother's Day. But this year we're going camping for Mother's Day because I actually booked it over a year ago. So before she passed. Um, it is a waterfront campsite on a beach. And I was like, I just, I, my sister was messaging me earlier and she's like, it's supposed to rain. We might cancel. And I'm like, I just need to go and sit. Like, I will sit in the rain. I don't care. I just need to go and be by the water and not deal with people on Mother's Day. Last year was my first Mother's Day without Jules. And we were lucky enough. A friend gave us her house in Avalon, New Jersey. And we took another couple with us who have two children with FBXL4 mitochondrial disease. Mm -hmm. And it just fit. It just fit to be with people who are on the journey that we were on. Yeah. Um, This year, I am fortunate enough um, on Friday night to be spending the night with five couples from Hayden's House of Healing, an amazing organization um, that have offered me and Mike so much, mm-hmm. but we're staying overnight with five couples this weekend that, you know, again, just get it. They, they're um, bereaved couples. So it, go ahead are. and explain what Hayden's house is. Cause I know that this has been a huge part of your healing process. Yeah. So Hayden's house of healing, haydenshouse.org. Um, they are there for bereaved moms, dads, siblings, They host retreats over the course of the year, many retreats. You go for the weekend and you process your grief and you get to interact with other bereaved moms, bereaved dads. So I've done, you know, the women's retreats. My husband did the dad retreats. Um, We did a couple's retreat together, which was just amazing. That network of people who you never have to feel uncomfortable with has been a lifesaver for both of us, both Mike and myself. Mm-hmm. They're an amazing organization. You pay nothing other than your travel to get to Hayden's house. Everything else is paid. They feed you. They provide all of the uh, grief processing that you do. And I am looking forward to next year actually becoming a host as well um, for Hayden's house. So I highly recommend Hayden's house for anyone who is going through the grief process. I can't say enough. Mm-hmm. The founder, her name is Addie and her husband, Rob, they lost Hayden as a baby 
and they started this organization years and years ago. They started with renting places and bringing people out to those weekend retreats. And now they actually have a retreat house. Which is amazing. Yeah. And just yesterday, I went to a bereaved mom's brunch that Hayden's house hosted. And, you know, you just get to go and you get to talk about your children and have some laughs without feeling weird about laughing. Because that's a whole whole thing, too, you know. Mm -hmm. But you can feel safe there because it's a safe space. I'm jealous. I wish I was closer. And I actually looked at the beginning of the year, I looked and they were booked up through this whole entire year. So, cause you've spoke so highly of it. I was like, well, I need to get on that list. My problem is still, I have a medically complex kid and I haven't been able to do anything. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear, like, I haven't done any support groups. I haven't done anything like that. I know I'm Both of my children are part of Edmark Hospice for Children, so they do have bereaved parent support groups. I just haven't done any of it, partially because I don't leave my house often, but also, I don't know, have you done any online bereavement groups? So um, a few months after Juliet passed, the hospital that Juliet spent her time at, um, New Moors, DuPont, and Delaware, they had a, I believe it was like a six- week, once a week group. Mm -hmm. And that's actually where I learned about Hayden's house because another uh, bereaved mom on the group had attended the retreat. And I thought that was good because it was our first attempt at processing some of it. Mm -hmm. The other online grief groups that I've tried to participate in haven't really worked out for me. I don't know. I feel like Hayden's house is good because it's a balance of processing your grief And also community, community, having fun. I mean, yeah. At night when you're done all your grief process, you get to sit back, relax, have wine. You know, we were honestly, we were dancing, which sounds like how can you be dancing after you lost a child? But when you're with a group of people who are at the level of pain that you are being able to release. Yeah. That is just necessary. I mean, just because we lost a child doesn't mean we never get to have any fun anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I have always talked about, you know, these two planes that we live on. I'm allowed to be mourning and I'm allowed to have a nice time too. Yeah. And coming to grips with both of them together is a challenge. Yeah. And it's a challenge internally, but it's also a challenge externally. Like people externally don't going back to feeling awkward around certain people, like people don't get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. And I'm glad you don't get it. But like even close people are kind of like, is she happy or sad? Like, like you can't be both, but you, you can be both. And you have to be both. How, how are you going to survive if you never smile again? You never learn to smile again. Talking about things that have helped Luckily, Mike and I are on the same page about spending time in Juliet's presence. And it's, you know, very easy for him to wake up and say, hey, let's, you know, watch some Jules videos today. Or if I'm feeling sad on a particular day, you know, let's go through all of her photos today. Mm -hmm. And that has been very helpful. It's hard when you're going through it, when you're watching it, you cry a ton, but it's necessary. Yeah. My Mike and I grieve similarly, but differently. 
we respect each other's grief processes, I think. I'm a crier and a talker, and he is not. He will occasionally be like, hey, look at this picture of Doodle. And I know that he's been like looking through the memories. And and it's funny because when she was here, I took hundreds of pictures all the time. And he was always like, why are you taking so many pictures? Mike was the same way. (laughs) And now he is so thankful for it. And now I have found that I, maybe it's because Benji's the second child. Maybe it's because my grief is still so heavy. I've found like, I'm not doing that for Benji. You're in my private family Facebook group. And like, you remember, I used to post daily things in there of Lorelai. I'm just not now. And I feel- You still do a second a day, right? I do. I do. And that's, that's, I mean, I think that's awesome. I wish that that was around and I knew about that when Juliet was alive. Yeah. Yesterday morning, I had like, no, it was a few mornings ago. I was in bed and I was like, you know what? I don't feel like getting up yet. So I watched- all of the one seconds a day. And I had like 13 minutes of the last few years because I started it, I think the beginning of 2020. So we have two full years and, oh, it's just heart-wrenching though, because you get to the point where I'm like, okay, I know July 21 is coming. like, And I'm like watching the one second a day and I'm like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And then there's a character missing from the rest of the story. It's almost just like how the world just keeps going, you know, and like in my one second a day, she's just gone. Right. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's still me. I feel so fancy saying we'll be right back and I'm still here. I needed to tell you two things. One, I really like you guys. I mean, that that wasn't one of the things, but I really need to tell you that. I am so grateful for everybody who has listened to this podcast and who has shared it with the people that they love. It is growing and it is helping so many families around the country and actually the world. I spent the last two-ish weeks interviewing moms to figure out how I can better help our community. And there were so many amazing answers. But many of y'all just kept telling me, keep doing the podcast. We want more podcasts. So a couple things I want to mention. One, I have some freebies for you because sharing is caring. There are some freebies at suzegagan.com slash freebies. And it is in the show notes because no one can spell my last name. And two, in the next few months after summer vacation, when we come back, you may notice that this time spot where I usually fill in a witty little ad from myself is going to be an ad from an advertiser. I promise you wholeheartedly, I'm warning you now because I know we have a very solid, trustworthy relationship at this point. I am promising you that I will not have an advertiser that I do not A, like, B, trust, C, I mean, the marketing nerd in me wants to be like, C, they have good branding, but I can't promise that part. So, Just to let you know, I'm going to drip this on you because I know we're medical moms and we don't do well with big changes super quick. Actually, we do great. Maybe I should just surprise you in a couple months and be like, bam, we have advertisers. No, the reason I'm telling you this right now is because I kind of want to keep things in network if possible. If you or a family member or a friend want to support when autumn comes, let's reach out. Let's talk because... I I don't have a real job. 
I have like 15 jobs that I do and none of which I get paid for. So in order to keep this going, we have to bring on advertisers. Sorry guys, but I I promise I will respect you and your time, which is why I'm going to wrap up this little ad space right now. Back to the show. What do we think we should be telling moms who will eventually, so medical moms who have complex kids like us, listen to this podcast. A lot of them know that their children probably have shortened life expectancies. And you and I were speaking before this about like, people just don't talk about what happens after your child passes. We're so knee deep in keeping our child alive. We don't talk about what happens after. So if you were to talk to a mom who's maybe just starting the grief side of this journey, what would you tell her to expect? I think the biggest thing for me was lack of sleep. Yes. It is debilitating. And being a medical mom, you've spent years of lack of sleep. Right. You think you can handle the lack of sleep, but it is a different lack of sleep. It is a different lack of sleep. Obviously, when you don't get enough sleep, it affects you physically the next day. I'm a big fan of melatonin and magnesium at bedtime. Oh, and I, I take have, that every night. <laughs> and some nights it still doesn't work. But those first couple months, the lack of sleep was horrendous. I think that being kind to yourself, I've gained 25 pounds since Juliet died. And I'm finally working at getting those 25 pounds off. But forgive yourself. Forgive yourself if you are eating too much, if you are having that extra glass of wine. Do what you need to do to help manage the pain, you know, short of hurting yourself. But, you know, you can't drink a bottle of wine a night, but forgive maybe, yourself. Maybe two thirds. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> I think that I am very grateful for all of the pictures like we just talked about, the videos, the snaps. My favorite thing every day is to get my iPhone memories that I get, mm-hmm. Facebook memories, Snapchat memories. It's like a kid in a candy store, you know, which which is going to come up What's today? What's it going to be today? What, what memory is it today? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they're not great, but I try to capture as many happy, joyful moments as I could. You actually are in my one second a day from this month. You sent me a video. I don't remember what day it was, but you sent me a video of you and Jules. And it's like, hi, Lorelai. And that is what I put in for the day of my one second a day. So Jules and you are in my one second a day this month because I, yes. like you, I love these things that pop up. That's what I like wake up. I think of Lorelai and I check my phone. Right. Me too. And I, even the hard things, you know, when you see nothing but the joy and the smiling and the Sometimes you almost forget how hard it was and how much your child was suffering. Yeah. So honestly, sometimes it's good to see the really bad days too, to remind you that she was hurting. Yeah. I'm at a really weird place. I don't know any other moms who are in this. I mean, all of our journeys are so similar, but so unique in so many ways. And I'm at a place where I'm like, the the hard memories pop up and I look at my son and I'm like, how do I watch another child die to this disease? Like, how do I, how do I watch this happen again? 
because the the bad days in our case with our girls, the bad days were really bad. I give you so much credit because, you know, we can only have empathy for each other because you don't fully understand what anybody's going through. But I've thought to myself, like, what do I do when he's not here? And, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what I do. It's easy to say, try to focus on him living with mitochondrial disease as opposed to he's going to die of mitochondrial disease. It's easier said than done because that reality smacks you in the face, especially you, because you have lost a child already to this awful disease. Yeah, there's no easy way to navigate that. Yeah. And I think that's okay to say, too. Mm -hmm. It just sucks. Yeah. And then, like, what do I do on the flip side? And that's where you are because you don't have any other children. It's like, what the F do I do now? What have you found? I mean, I know you found connecting with other bereaved moms has been something that has given you passion right now. Keeping her memory alive. We have Juliet's Place where we provide toys, books, games for hospitals, for children that are inpatient. We um, started a library at Juliet's Old School. We are actually going to have a little library, which is awesome to think about. And all of the moms, bar none that I have met through Hayden's house, find some way to give back to the community, either the brief community, the medical needs community, whatever community their particular situation resulted from. Mm -hmm. Knowing that even for a day, a minute, a second, someone thinks of your child because they see her name or his name somewhere or they click on a link and get the background story. That brings me a lot of solace to know that somebody is thinking of her. Yeah, She was here once. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have an Instagram page called Love Winks from Lorelai, and I haven't been as good about posting on it lately. The kid still sends love winks. She's legit. She is on top of her angel game. Um, But I have friends who see now hearts, places, and they immediately think of Lorelai. And they text them to me. And I often don't respond because I don't have the words to respond with. But like you said, I don't think I realized until you just said that, that someone is thinking about my daughter who's no longer here. Someone who's not me and who's not in my family is thinking about her. And that just means a lot that my little nonverbal five-year-old who barely left the house is still impacting people. I knew we were going to cry today. (laughs) Okay, so what hasn't helped Janice? This may be directed to moms who are grieving or starting that, or it may be directed to people who are listening and know a bereaved mom. Well, I think that, like we talked about earlier, people who are afraid to bring up your child because they're afraid you're going to lose your mind, that doesn't help. There have been many situations where I was with friends who have children and all of the friends talk about what's happening with their child And Juliet is not mentioned. That's really hard. 
And I do have strong enough friendships that I've actually brought that up to my friends. And I just said, like, I listen about, you know, your kid and your kid, you know, getting ready to go to prom or, and that's a tough thing right now because Juliet would have been that age to be graduating and going to prom. And I listen, you know, this whole time I need you to just say, remember when Jules did this or bring her up in some way. Mm -hmm. And I may get a little bit teary eyed, Mm -hmm. but hearing her being spoken about means the world. So what is not helpful is when people don't want to upset you. So they don't mention your child's name. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, am I wrong? Like, do you feel the same way? No, I feel the same way. And I definitely want people to bring Lorelai up. I mean, I just cried because somebody sent me a picture of a heart they found on the beach. Like I said, if you're thinking about my kid, please, if your child brings up Lorelai, it is okay. I would love to know that your three-year-old who barely knew Lorelai is still like, you're still talking about, because I've had people be like, oh, it's like, we don't need to, you know, shh, we don't talk about, it's okay. Don't upset her. And to know that children are talking about my kid. That's just so cool. I will say for me, what hasn't helped is And I don't know, like, I know people don't mean anything by it. They don't think before they speak sometimes. And I've had many people say, like, well, you knew she was going to pass. In many different ways, I've gotten comments like, well, you knew she was going to pass. Well, yeah, we're all going to die. Spoiler alert, none of us are going to make it out alive. This doesn't end well for anybody. Was there a course you were supposed to take? You know when your child's going to die, like... Did I miss a memo about preparing for this? Because there is no way to prepare. Yeah. Even when you do prepare, you're not prepared. Even when you spend years and years preparing because you're a medical mom and you know it's coming, um, you're not prepared. You are not prepared. Nope. I had a doctor who was one of my doctors, not one of my kids' doctors. I was really anxious. It was my gynecologist appointment, my annual checkup. And I was really anxious because she's the one who made such a good decision to send me while pregnant to a different hospital so that Laurel, I would be next to the children's hospital that could help her the best, not knowing what was about to come, not knowing the storm (laughs) that was coming. So I was really anxious to see her a couple months ago because she didn't know Lorelai had died as far as I knew. Almost everybody else knows at this point. So like she was just one of those people in my journey that had no way of knowing. And when I told her, she was like, well, Benji seems to be doing a lot better than her. And you knew, you knew she was going to die. And I was like, well, yes, yes, I did. (laughs) Like, am I not allowed to feel sad because I knew because I knew my kid was going to die? Am I not allowed to feel sad now? Because I knew it was coming. It wasn't a shocker. And I was going to ask you, because I know in your community, you are connected with moms who aren't just medical moms, but who lost children to accidents and things like that. And through Instagram, I've kind of connected with a few other moms who are bereaved moms, but the moms I'm closest with are medical moms who have lost their children just because that's my life. Have you noticed any difference in connecting with moms who have lost children due to accidents or the medical moms who knew it would come eventually? What is that like? So that is one thing that has been amazing. So at Hayden's house, 
the first retreat I went to, there was everything from moms who lost a child in utero to 22-year-old children who have passed. And the manner in which the children passed really ranged from medical situations, accidents, drug overdoses. I mean, really, you name it. And there were people there representing that type of loss. And at the beginning, I couldn't imagine how I could connect with the person who had 16 years of a child who was walking, talking, eating, playing, going to, you know, soccer. But loss is loss. And it is amazing how easily you connect to others and it, the situation does not change. Now, I will say that because I don't have any other children, when I finally met a mom who lost their son, Jaden, and they don't have any other children, I felt a stronger connection to Jaden's mom and dad than maybe some of the other situations. But a loss is a loss. And when you're processing it, how it happened doesn't really matter. Yep. Whew, this is a real pick-me-up episode. Anything else that you feel called to share about your grief journey? So let's talk about animals because we talked about this a little bit today. Since Crystal pranced right through, let's talk about the animals. So I think that in the grief journey, Crystal, it's our black lab. She was Juliet's um, companion dog and she is very helpful when I am having a bad day. She almost is too helpful in that she weighs eight pounds. Oh, oh there she is. Go lay down. Go lay down. They are very, what is the word? Intuitive. They know when you're feeling pain. Yeah. They know when you're suffering. And I couldn't imagine, sometimes they drive me crazy, my dogs. But I couldn't imagine processing this grief without that support from a little furry four-legged friend. And I'm the same way with Jovi. She's laying on my feet right now. And I was telling you before we got on air that I had a breakdown last night. Um, A breakdown, and we can dive into this too, but a breakdown that was triggered by nothing related to grief. And then it turned into, I just miss my kid and I'm sobbing. It had nothing to do with Lorelai. It was just the last straw that I had. No one bought my art and I felt sad. And then I just started hysterically crying. And Jovi was on top of me and has not left my side at all. Like she's literally laying on my feet right now. (laughs) And I went upstairs earlier to do some laundry and clean up and went into my closet and I came out and she had gotten up off my bed and is now standing at the closet door going, are you okay, mama? Are you coming out of the closet or do I need to come in there and sit with you while you cry in your closet? I'm very, very grateful for this dog who we bought for Lorelai as a cuddler. And Benji isn't as fond of the dog. Benji has a lot of sensory issues and the dog has, I think, attached so much to me that they don't have the strongest relationship But I just like hug Jovi and I think, I sometimes tell Jovi, I'm going to pretend you're Lorelai and I'm going to hug you right now. And I just hug this little poofy, floofy dog that I'm so grateful for. I've also thought, and I guess this is because 
grief is so heavy. And I know I'm going to lose Benji one day. I've also thought like, what am I going to do when I lose the dog? Hmm. She's Lorelai's dog. Like, what am I going to do when this dog isn't here? And I think that's just grief trying to make me get ahead of myself. And my therapist tells me often, like, just try to focus on the present. And that was what I tried so hard when Lorelai was here, was just focusing on the present because you have to as a medical mom. You can't get ahead of yourself. You do, but you can't, and you shouldn't, but you have to. It is a very weird world to be in. And with my grief journey, I think, I just wish I could get to the next chapter of this. But then the next chapter is Benji getting sicker. The next chapter is further from Lorelai being here. Today is May 1st that we're recording this. We are going into a new month and every single new month for me is a month further away from where Lorelai was when she was here. I'm in a really weird headspace right now of like, just try to be present because you can't go back and you can't go too far ahead. And I don't know, I'm just rambling. No, and I agree. And I think that that worry of what is going to happen with Benji takes away your joy that you have potentially each day. Mm-hmm. Humans are the only species that has the ability to ruin a day with worry, right? Mm-hmm. Animals, like, they're not worried about... Well, Jovi's worried about me, but... <laughs> <laughs> but trying to be in the moment... Easier said than done, but trying to be in the moment. And I think the the other thing that I wanted to mention about the grief journey is this ties into what you were saying about last night, how you are so fragile when something stupid happens. And I can't think of a good example, but somebody beeped at me at a red light. Yes. yes. I was a blubbering idiot. I was just like, like, break down. You break down for no reason. And that's what sometimes people don't understand. It's not related necessarily to that guy beeping at you. That's just what triggered it. Mm -hmm. So that's hard. Yeah. As we were talking about this, I know we mentioned the heart palpitations. I know we mentioned that. I want to mention too, since we are all over the place, grief fog, brain fog. Does your brain feel like it works differently now? I feel sometimes I have complete conversations that I don't recall. <laughs> yes. Like, really? We talked about that? Yeah. So that's a real thing, too. And maybe that's contributed to by lack of sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Before we hopped on, when you texted me, you're like, are we still doing this today? Uh, no. But um, I was thinking, I remember it was like within a week of Lorelai dying. I remember where I was. I was sitting on my front porch in my rocking chair. I was thinking, Janice gave me the most epic pep talk when I was a few days post Lorelai passing. And for like an hour today, I was trying to remember what you said. And I could, like, I just remember you not physically being there because we live far away from each other, but I just remember you being on the phone and being so helpful and comforting, but also very tough love because I needed that. But I couldn't remember what it was about. Until just this minute. And I remember now that it was, um, I couldn't be around Benji and I couldn't be around Mike. Oh, I was potentially exposed to COVID at her funeral. That's what it was. And I couldn't be in the guest room because that's where I was the week before she died because I 
brought the cold into the house that took her down. And I just wanted to be in my bed because that's where Lorelai and I slept. And you were like, you can't. I just remember, that I, I don't know, the brain fog. I The reason I'm talking about this is because I remember it being such a powerful conversation. And I could not remember what we spoke about until this very minute. So if you're grieving or if you know somebody who's grieving, give them so much grace because our brains just work so differently now. And we are fragile. And I don't know that we will ever not be fragile. I don't think I, I, I think I will always, I mean, I'm sure it will, I will have easier days and then I will have somebody beep at me at a red light out of nowhere and it'll just trigger everything and I'll just start sobbing. And that's okay. Yep. So Janice, now that you are in a different journey than you were when we, oh no, you were, you were in this journey when we recorded last time. Yes, um, but you are further into this journey. Yes. Now that you are further into this journey, what gives you hope? Right now, the hope that I feel is a result of the friendships that I have made through Hayden's house, knowing so many amazing moms and dads that are getting up every day gives me hope that I can, too, get up every day. Mm -hmm. That's what gives me hope. Thank you for sharing, and thank you for your friendship. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. Thank you for having me. Oh, Janice, thank you for being here, and thank you for giving me hope and giving all of us hope as we navigate whatever chapter of this journey we are in. If you want to learn more about Hayden's house, I will have links in the show notes. Or if you want to learn more about Team Jules and Juliet's place that was created by Janice and her husband, but also it is turned into a club, y'all. There are three teenagers who met Jules in second grade who now help run this club. You have to hear the story. Janice, if you're listening, I know you're listening. Maybe you could like talk about it in the When Autumn Comes Society and share what exactly your Team Jewels Forever is. That would, I, I'm pretty positive there are a lot of moms who would be super inspired and teary eyed to hear the story. Thank you for joining us today, y'all. And we will see you on Friday. Janice is back for 4 a.m. And we will see you in the 4. Nope, not the 4 a.m. Mom Club. We will see you in the When Autumn Comes Society. If you're not a member of the When Autumn Comes Society, it's on Facebook. It's just a group. It's not a big deal. We talk about life and we talk about funny things. And last week, somebody asked about where to find dry shampoo. So join us there. Everybody's welcome. This is Suze, and I got to go plug my kid in. It is 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night. It is time to plug my kid in for the night. See you guys on Friday. P.S. I need to totally add. When Autumn Comes is a production of The Hopeful Company, LLC. Thanks for being here.